1: Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to the Forbes Factor. It's one of my favorite hours of the week, and I've got some very special guests right now uh, to introduce you to, but I'm going to start by just telling you where in the world Forbes Riley is. I think this uh, particular show, when you listen live, is always fun to uh, put pins on the map from Portugal to Greece, all over Europe. And now, today I'm in Southern California getting ready to shoot a television show with the one and only david melzer it's called on air it's about taking pitches and a little bit of like shark tank light and then on wednesday uh this live wednesday i am heading off for an anniversary honeymoon now that's my own choice people go well why do you call it that well i'm first of all honeymoons are great hotels respect you when it's a honeymoon they want to treat you that much more romantic and when i first met joshua six years ago i said you know honey it's so great in the beginning like relationships are but after a little while the honeymoon wears off because i've been in relationships and he had to and he said something the most profound thing he said well why i said what do you mean why he said well why does the honeymoon have to stop and that's probably one of the most prolific things i've heard Because every morning we wake up and literally have that, oh, my God, I'm so happy to be in love with you. I'm not only grateful, but I love you so much. And we go through this little ritual every morning and every night. So it does feel very honeymoon-ish because there's electricity and an aliveness. And as I am committed to this being my very last love relationship in life, and hopefully that way for the next 30, 40 years, it's not just because we're fun now. It is a roller coaster like any relationship is but if you dig into the fact that i want to love you so much i am a product of you loving me i'm a reflection of how you smile when you look at me because i know you've all been in relationships and i know you have where it gets a little old you start picking on each other you know toilet up seat up toilet seat down toilet paper is not the right way and when those things start to irk you you got some issues you got to go i'm gonna step back and re-up my game let's reorganize how i feel about this And I will also share with you from experience that I think a lot of it tends to fall apart, not because of them, but because of you. And the whole idea is, are you bored? You know what, that's irrelevant. Are you bored with your own life? Are you interesting and interested in them? You know, I often talk about one of the best ways to feel better about your own life is to do something really nice for someone else. And just recently, I I had this ice cream story, and I'm going to say this just because my two guests get to hear it. But I was over in Portugal, and I I was a little stressed out. Uh, I was tired. I was walking up and down mountains, and I wanted an ice cream. I don't even really eat ice cream anymore, but I wanted an ice cream. Go in there. I have no cash on me, only a credit card. Ice cream is a euro, and the minimum for a credit card is five euros. I said, that's fine. I'll pay five euros. And the woman behind me said, no, 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 you can't do that. I said, really? I can't really. I'll pay five dollars for ice cream. So I looked at the little girl next to me and I said, all right, you know what? I'm going to buy her ice cream. And her mom looked at me, was like, you're, you're going to what? I said, yeah, I'm going to buy her ice cream. And I, it was hard to explain why I was doing it. But I was like, I'm just doing it. Why not? All right. So then that came up to a whopping two euros. She still wouldn't sell me my ice cream. So now I turned to the woman next to me and like, she's getting a scoop. I said, you're getting a double scoop. She's, excuse me. I said, I'm going to buy you two scoops of ice cream. She was like, why would you do that? Like I bought her a Rolls Royce. And everyone in the store was incredibly happy. And I turned to my daughter. I said, you know, I have enough money. I could buy the whole town ice cream. I could be like the Pied Piper of Sintra Portugal and feel good about life. And I just decided that if you, the the look on their faces, I wanted nothing. I had no agenda for them except to make them feel better, do something nice. And I don't think we do enough of that. So on that note, I have two beautiful guests I would like to introduce you to the first one, because we're going to focus a little bit on the power of positivity, storytelling, how they've unapologetically lived their lives. And I think you're going to enjoy both of them. So Raymond Ray is going to be my very first one. And I have to say, make sure that I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Raymond, is it Raymond? Uh Ramon, but I'm fine with Raymond, but Ramon well, Ray. that's but, what I th- See, and I had a feeling, as I said, it was like Ramon would have been the other option.
2: <laughs> but Forbes, no problem at all. It's great to be here with you. Thanks for having
1: that's me. That's okay. You can call me forbes or something. <laughs> Ramon, Ramon Ray. No problem. Ramon, how, where did you get your name? I'm all baseball about names. Pl-
2: baseball player, Ramon Hernandez and Aurelio Rodriguez, and I'm a fake Hispanic. Hola, señorita, ¿cómo está? I'm not Hispanic. I don't know any more Spanish than that. I'm just a regular black guy.
1: Hey, yo, you know, yo trabajo, you know, yo <laughs> trabajo, I'm not Hispanic at all. I speak terrible Spanish. I learned in fifth grade. I'm still working on it. And I'm like from me. New York. So I have like, I have a J-Lo accent when I do it. Yes. i like, yo, come over here. So Ramon, <laughs> I, I love you already. What is great about him is he's unapologetically positive, as you just heard. By the way, it's radio. So now we know you're a black guy. Because, dude, if we listened to you, we would not know. I I raised Spanish or Irish. Well, you know, I raised a kid from South Central for 12 years of his life. He was best man at my wedding, one of my best buddies, and he was murdered. Mm. And I have a crazy story about understanding and spending time living in a different culture. And I'll just put off, because you just mentioned three cultures. You know, you talked about Hispanic, you got black, you got... Last night, we're all looking at the color of our skin on TV. I'm yellow. My husband is pink. And the woman next to him was like really tan orange. I'm like... What a rainbow of colors we have on this side of the spectrum! Anyway, unapologetically, you know, positive. You're the publisher of the ZoneofGenius.com, which is—that's a phrase that. oh, the first time I heard that, I had a girl who just would say it over and over again. It's my zone of genius. It's my zone of genius. I'm like, all right, I get it, I get it. So you've got a couple of companies. First of all, say hi to my my world and tell us who you are in your own words. Hey, the world of
2: Forbes, good to see you all. And thanks for the all that you do in the world for. Uh, Forbes, appreciate it. But um, I love to inspire small businesses to help them start and grow their businesses. I'm a motivational keynote speaker, been doing that for over 20 years, probably been on stage with some mutual friends of ours, started a few small businesses and sold three. And my specialization is media. So one of my businesses was smallbiztechnology.com, sold that. Smarthustle.com, sold that. Small Business Summit, sold that. And today I have zonedofgenius.com and other things that I do to uplift the world. But my focus and specialty is small business marketing.
1: Dude, where did you, where did you have an understanding of how to sell a business? Uh, the first
2: one was somebody said, Ramon, I like what you've built for years. Can I buy it? I'm like, yeah. How much you want it for? And they bought it. Second one.
1: No, wait, wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. Don't, don't, don't gloss over this. This is the thing that we do in our show. Okay. My show should be called the Minutia Hour. Because I, yeah, well, because I'm really, I've been doing this forever as well. And I'm very tired of 30,000 foot speakers. Here's what you could be doing. You know what I want in my world? Here's what you're going to do. Take your mouse, move it here, sign up here and be done with it. So the idea that you sold a business is fascinating to me. I just really want to start there. I've started lots of businesses. I never had an eye towards selling them. Now, obviously your friend came to you and said, I want this. What was, now, what was the business you sold?
2: Sure. So me and my partner, Marion Banker, uh, we had a small business summit, a series of events we did in New York City for about 15 years with about 300 people, 500 people, give or take, year to year. So that was the business. A fellow blogger friend of mine who also did events and had a larger community, larger email list, larger platform, he saw it and was like, Ramon, can I buy this from you? Because we can grow it and expand it. That was the essence of his vision. And I said, yes, but we can continue on the minutiae.
1: And did you work with him to build it or did you just end up giving it to him?
2: He he sent me a check, a wired me money, me and my partner, and we said, voila, and that was the end of it.
1: Because he wanted the
2: assets, the structure, the email list, what? That's correct. He wanted the, it was the asset purchase agreement. And uh, so we built it. And there's really, as you may know, nothing to buy in events per se. But yes, he liked the brand we had, Small Business Summit. He loved the anchor base we had in New York City. He liked the email list we had. And he liked the relationship. So that I work with him probably a bit, maybe a few months after. But I think we built something that he could hang his hat on and say, now he's doing the Small Business Summit, maybe Small Business Summit Orlando, Small Business Summit uh, Nashville, that was his vision.
1: Did it blow you away that what your new partner had built was now for sale as a company itself? The first time, yes, absolutely, I did it.
2: Um, I took my credit card for New York City, 2005, I had the idea. And and my partner then, her name was Marion Banker. She was much older. This thin white lady. By the way, I
1: would want to be in business with a banker as well. That seems like a good idea. As opposed to Marilyn poor and broke. Marilyn banker. She sounds like she could go ahead. And ironically, Forbes, she had the
2: accounting side, the money side. I'm the marketing side. I'm like the guy who I don't like. I don't even know how to spell profit or loss or balance sheet. Cash flow. That is so
1: adorable. Okay.
2: But that was her expertise. We got together. And also, she echoed that same thing. She was the cautious person. I'm like, Marion. I'm putting my credit card, Roosevelt Hotel, New York City, the down payment, you know, to get a room and all that stuff. That was our first dream. 2005, 2006, I called Jim McCann, 1 800 Flowers. Sure, you may work with him, know him. Uh, You know, he said he'll come. It was either Jim or Chris, you know, the the guy with the beard. Um, He said he'll come to the event. And so that, to give you a sense, was how we started doing our events. We had Seth Godin there and others. Over the years, so me, so Marion Banker took care of the money and the slowdown and I was about to sizzle. No, we need to have lights, camera action. We need to have this speaker, that speaker. And we grew it.
1: I love, love,
2: love that next business. Uh, the next business was, so that was Small Business Summit. The second one then was SmartHustle.com. I bought that domain in 2000, oh, sorry. Next uh, one was SmallBizTechnology.com, sorry. SmallBizTechnology.com. I bought that domain in April, 1999. And I sold that 20 years. So that journey was a bit longer, but I didn't mean to sell it. Sold that 20 years lady, to a fellow blogger, probably know him, he's still around, a fellow blogger who has a number of companies. And we talked, he said, Ramon, you built it well, but I know I can monetize this, put some writers and SEO juice behind it. And he bought that as well.
1: I think this is just genius. So, the, So number one, you, if I was Ramon, I would rewind time back to the future and buy better titles, buy better URLs. A friend of mine bought biz.com for $8.98, sold it for $52 million. Yeah. All right. So before we get into what you're up to now, and it was awesome to hear your backstory, I'm going to bring to the stage Mr. John, who's outside somewhere. John is on. Bring it in. John, come on in. John, there he is. Oh, there you
0: go.
1: I think I'm on. Yeah. The sun. So how- I'm trying to control the sun no 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 you i love that i'm trying to control the sun. you and now that's an interesting probably makes you a political figure what can you control and what you can control all right so in the theme of award-winning international keynote speakers and the author of newsjacking i'm excited to have you here give us a little bit of your background in your own words
0: so i basically have been obsessed with new things uh novelty and i had no idea that i was going to be a drug dealer for basically all of my professional career, but it was that one drug in the brain called dopamine that got me into social media in the early days. And I think it was um, putting brands on Twitter and I just was like, I love sport. Uh, There are sports teams that have mascots. They should all be on Twitter. So I started doing that and getting traction. And then the dopamine rush was even crazier because people were responding to me. I was bringing inanimate objects like mascots to life with a, a rich vocabulary of that B word that you may hate, but oh, I Wait, love. wait, now, John, um, wait, wait,
1: wait, wait, let's go back to Minutiaville over here. All oh, of yeah, a oh, sudden, I forgot. ask us on Twitter. You guys are insane. <laughs> let's go back to help the organization. John, wh- where's your accent from?
0: So, my accent is from Memphis, Tennessee, but it's been channeled through 23 years of West London.
1: I was going to say, yeah, that didn't sound like a Tennessee, London twang. You have probably the most unique accent. We'll start there. The second is, what were you doing before you decided to do all of this social media craziness?
0: Oh, I was working in ad agencies as a tandem with an art director as a writer, a copywriter, we call them. Uh, So that was was 15 years of my life. And then, yeah, hit 40 and was like, nah, not doing this. I'm going to be doing the speaking thing. And you know what's going to help me? social media
1: So that's interesting so when you first started to master this what was the technique and what was the platform that you specialized in
0: it was all twitter and it was 2008 and it was early days and i just loved the instant reaction and 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 i would just go around i even talked to these people these socialites um, paris hilton and uh I think peaches geldoff was like you should be on twitter and end up getting jobs that way by just saying Look what I did! I put them on Twitter at a vodka party, a party organized by a vodka brand, and it just steamrolled from there. Because basically, people are thinking, "Ah, this could be an interesting opportunity for brands to have a voice."
1: Fascinating. On a total side note, what do you think of the rebranding of Twitter?
0: Oh God, Um, I, uh, I'm, I'm never surprised with the new ownership about what's going to happen. So that I don't, I don't love it. but I kind of knew something like that was coming.
1: I think it's just, I mean, could you have found a, a, a less impressive X? I'm no. literally, you're going, you have the entire world at your fingertips and you have like a high school X. I'm sorry, what?
0: X marks the spot that, and, and the time that I moved to threads and Instagram and TikTok, so yeah, absolutely.
1: That get is that. so which, funny. All right, which, so which is now, painful. what is your, moving forward, what's your, what are you focused on? So I'm focused on helping uh,
0: kitchen table entrepreneurs, business leaders, and the C-suite in various uh, degrees on telling a better story. And the way I do that is channeling all my experience and my obsession with dopamine. So it is about helping them understand reward and the anticipation of it. Uh, And sometimes I even have to quote Winnie the Pooh, who basically was asked, what's the best thing in life? And he was like, it's the honey. Uh, No, no, let me, let me take that back. It's, it's the moment before I get the honey, but I don't even know what that's called. That moment is dopamine. It's the anticipation of reward and it, it drives me crazy and I love it all at the same time, but it's, it's what gets me on stages across Europe and North America. And yeah, I talk about it all week, but we have a shortened amount of time for this show.
1: No, no, I love this. I'm going to bring Ramon back to the to the, the panel here. Um, how how cool is this collective of three here? Uh, for those of you who remember the Mod Squad, that's what I feel like I've put together, the dopamine crew. All right, so Ramon, when you think of the word dopamine, what comes to mind?
2: High energy, high energy, high energy. That's what I think about, excitement. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, the two of you are crazy. So let's talk real quick. My audience would love to know how to speak on stages more. So Ramon, where, how did you begin doing that?
2: Sure. How I began was a friend of mine said, Ramon, I can't attend an event. Can you attend an event? But I think the reason why, by God's grace, I've been successful at it, just as a, if it's helping others, I really think Forbes, is, as you're a speaker yourself, you have to just simply be very, very good. I think there's only three kinds of speakers, probably really two. Those who meander along try, you know, they get here and there. Maybe they're doing it just to get some clients. But to dominate the stage, to be asked to come again and again and again, you just have to be darn good. Highly engaging, not funny necessarily, but highly engaging. And you got to just bring it. you got to bring it. That's my two cents. I love that. John, over to you. Um,
0: I agree uh, with Ramon said. Uh, but I would say the addition to that would be the, the thing that energizes me is – the interaction of the audience. I hated the Zoom period called the pandemic. Um, even though I'm enjoying this Zoom, by the way, just, just putting that out there. Right. <laughs> just, oh my God, as they click pause and you're out of here, boy. Uh, no, uh, I love the interaction with the audience. It's It, it just isn't the same uh, on Zoom because you're able to see what people are reacting to, bring them in and out, because to me, it's a gift. Uh, I, I've, I've seen what Ramon does, he is giving a gift to the audience and they're receiving the gift and giving back all in a keynote speech. And it's a beautiful thing when it's working right. As he said, uh, it's hard to do, but and yeah, I think if you're blessed with improv skills from birth as, but not necessarily being funny as Ramon said but just being able to build because improv is not being funny. It's building on what you're hearing and that is a keynote speaker
1: trait. So then Ramon, are speakers, keynote speakers born or made?
2: I think they have I think they have character qualities that they're born with and that enhances some of the best speakers. Anybody can learn to, hi. My name is Ramon. Today we're here because I like you. Thank you all so much. I've been Grateful. to that speech. <laughs> Anybody can learn that, you know, how to speak one-on-one, and you'll be okay. You did it right. You you looked at the camera, you Let's rise. But I think what you have it in you, you just like to play ball or do pottery or cut wood. It's just gift.
0: You just rock it.
1: Look at John's face. John is like delighted by you. Oh, I'm, be- I'm delighted, delighted by, by both
0: of you. I have got to ask both of you a question. I know it's not my show, just allow one. Um, I need to know what your very first memory of your first speech uh, and, and I'm assuming it was as you, as a child. I'm, I'm not talking paid speech. First time you got up in front of to to present something to someone. When was it? And what, do you have
1: a positive memory or not? Well, all right, I'll go first. My and because I wanted to be a speaker forever. I'm an actress. I've been on stage in front of lots of people doing lots of other characters. And when I saw speakers, I thought, "Man, that's awesome." I have nothing to say. So I'm. I and I was always saying other people's words. And I was just enamored with it. So then I began, and way before TED Talks and before the YouTube, I was obsessed with finding speakers. And I remember watching Les Brown and going to those big events and just going, damn, they're all just so good. How do they possibly do that? And then I started to break it down for myself. I finally got asked to do a speech about pitching for a company called, it doesn't even exist anymore. And we're in Tampa and there's a big... uh, a big bullseye there and I had written some jokes because I I used to host the Laugh Factory. Like I have an amazing background for somebody who didn't think they could speak, but I suffered from a whole lot of self-esteem issues, which is kind of ironic when I watch myself walk out in front of Grant Cardone's audience of 10,000 people and rock the room. I look at me going, you had what kind of problems? And so I remember going out and doing that speech, a little bit of a blur, but thinking, I'm really good at this. Like I didn't even know I could be this good. And that was my feeling. Well, fast forward 20 years later, I'm on Clubhouse, which I just love Clubhouse, especially as a woman, you don't have to wear makeup. Yep. And you can talk all you want. And Patrick Starr, who has four million followers, Patrick is a man, but he's a makeup specialist. And I've known him forever. I love his videos. I've watched him. He tags me into a private room. He's got four million followers, and I'm still always, even though I meet celebrities, I'm a celebrity. I still get like all excited. I don't ever want to lose that. And I'm in a private room. I'm like Patrick. Hi. He's like, I'm like, he's like, hey Forbes. I'm like, what's up? He's like, I have to thank you. I'm like, excuse me. He said. I was at your speech 20 years ago i was a little filipino boy in high heels in the front row and not only do you touch and motivate and move me but to date i think That's about him calling almost every day right <laughs> now he just called patrick thank you so much for that love <laughs> I that was perfect I <laughs> yeah, but it's a, it's a, so what happened for me and i think this is important to know is i got the notion that if you playing small the world will never know who you are. Public speaking is challenging for people uh, I now can do it without any piece of paper and by the way, my second favorite story and this is a great story too sorry now that it is my show I can talk all I want. No one ever asked me questions. I want to talk damn it um, I did an inheal with the the football legend Joe Theismann. And I met him. We did a thing called Barefoot Science. It was a super hit infomercial. And I noticed that he was a speaker. And I went to one of his speeches. He got paid like 25 grand a speech. And I watched him on his yellow pad. And you know what he did for me? Every year for about five years, he was my personal speaking coach. How nice Mm -hmm. to have a national football hero, Hall of Famer, and the movie Blindside Guy going, you got this. You got this. Amazing. Wow. And pass the
2: mic to you. Yeah. I think if I can answer it a different way, John, not my first, if I may, but I think that I'm always delighted and delighted at the opportunities I've been given. And again, I must say meeting Forbes on, on clubhouse as well and seeing what she's done and et cetera and seeing you. But I think for me it was recently uh, being at an event with Gary Vaynerchuk uh, Mm -hmm. asked by him and his team with 10,000 people. And then being on stage with Guy Raz, how I built this podcast. And I'm like, I'm shaking, but I realized that I'm, I'm kind of exaggerating when I'm trying to say this part, but it felt like Guy Raz was a little bit shaking, too. And I was like, oh, he's not a professional speaker, meaning, you know, he's he's been there, done that. But meaning in a way, I'm like, this is my world now. I know how to take the mic. He's used to a podcast studio. So it was just kind of cute. Like he's like, OK, Ramon, you know, it was just so that was one that only happened. That was early this year. I've been speaking for right. 20 years. But that opportunity. I'll never forget, and I must say, John and Forbes, getting Abby's note to be here with Dr. Riley. I have watched you on Clubhouse. And to me, I feel like this is a pinnacle of success for me to be with you, Dr. Forbes. And I really mean that.
1: Ramon, you just, just, uh, I don't know if that's not, it's not dopamine, it's a different energy, but that was just so beautiful. And thank you. Uh, I will tell you that the journey of excellence, of doing crafts, of hearing voices in your head where people, where you just know that's the right thing you should be doing, and then achieving success. I mean, I've gotten a lot of awards. I've stood on massive stages with lots of trophies in my hand. By the way, those were my first speeches. Mm-hmm. I used to say, John, I would get awards because I just wanted to make a speech. And I I, I I greatly resent when people are on the Tonys, the Emmys, the Oscars. They have a world platform, and they're so busy going, thank you to my agent and thank you to this person. Bullshit. Take that moment and make it matter to someone other than you. And -hmm. that is why I started winning awards. So Ramon, that was really touching. And John, let's give it back to you to answer your question.
0: But just as far as making it matter, this is, uh, well, I could talk all week about that. So I think for my first, uh, to go from a guy who was 15, uh, doing uh, a report on a uh english literature book um it was my second to final year of high school and being so nervous and forgetting to erase the blackboard and put my own book and then doing a book report on someone else's book just because i forgot to erase their title and just being laughed and humiliated out of the classroom that was age 15 to then fast forward to being uh because i work in sport uh, to being in a crowded basketball stadium getting to go after someone they call a digital prophet who had 254 slides all kind of rehearsed to the nth degree, Um, but then getting to follow him and just speak from my heart, like you both just spoke because I felt like there was something in what you were saying that was like, it's, uh, I I don't want to sound like a cheesy Southern Baptist preacher, but like it almost feels like a calling for some weird way that that's what we do. Is that fair?
1: That's the crazy part. It is a calling. Those are those voices I talk about. And why is it just being a preacher is a calling or being a doctor is a calling? You know, as a motivational speaker, as somebody who, I mean, I heal people. I, I've actually taken this to a whole other level as well. It seems to be part of my channeling that I do emotional breakthroughs. And I do them on Clubhouse and I do them in my Zoom calls and I do them on stage. And I'll tell you, it, it, it the moment, that's the funny thing is that the moment before, I was like filling the rooms are hard for me but once the room is filled and people are there it's like a download i feel like i am plugged in like avatar to something way bigger you feel the energy and it is i will say at that moment and i know you both know what this is it's an out-of-body orgasmic feeling of of energy of light of like just wow we can we can move minds and open hearts that's a calling
2: it sure is. And I feel the same about my speaking. I mean, when I speak, Dr. Forbes and John, I I feel, um, I do feel it's a calling in some way. Sometimes it's a little transactional. People ask me, how does it feel? But I believe when I hit the stage, when I hit the stage, I do feel a download. Looking at the audience, looking at it, things come into my mind. I don't know how I said it. I just saw her, saw her hair, and I zeroed in it. I saw him, saw his glasses, and the audience is uplifted. So I totally get that aspect of you just feel
1: something. Yep, I totally got chills. John, is that all what dopamine is?
0: Uh Dopamine is more I know what what i'd love to know about you guys is how you take this initial effect, which is about the desire and its its passion it's this anticipation of reward um but that is um that's right here right now i'm going I'm about to receive that. What happens when you 've done this over and over again um uh, D- uh, Daniel Lieberman in the molecule more talks about Miley Cyrus saying about his book on The Howard Stern Show, by the way, when I go out in front of 10,000 people, I feel nothing anymore. And it's because she's done it before. So I think what, what, where my question for you guys is, how, how do you go, how do you keep that energy up when it becomes second nature? Uh, and And I think that is where you have to move into the land of your own personal stories affecting change. And then you feel like this is something Oh, yes, I love the dopamine hit, but there is that's desire. Then the control that comes from a totally different side of the brain. It's more this front bit, and that's like I am actually helping people take control of their lives. And this is just what it is about. I say amen.
1: <laughs> so pretty much, so pretty much, what you're saying is we're much more important than Miley Cyrus is, um, yeah. or any singer. Move over, Beyonce. Forget you, Taylor Swift. I've got something to say here. Um, exactly. And, but but I and you're gonna forgive me that I think my producers are gonna to have to air, shut this down. But that's like saying sex is boring because it's always the same with your husband after years, after years, well, you don't show up anymore. Find the excitement. It's part of your responsibility. If you don't think it's exciting to walk out in front of 10,000 people, girlfriend, there's a deadness inside that nothing's gonna fix. I'm sorry, yeah. I, I will never, and I'm saying this and I'm at an age where I think I, I will never take this for granted. I don't take it for granted showing up for two people. I don't take it for granted showing up to class. I've taught my entire life. I'm a lot older than Miley, and that's a very shallow, sad thing to say. And I think that's why people do drugs. I think it's because they need an artificial high. I just told my ice cream story, guys. I got high off of two little kids in a Portuguese town you've never heard of. So that is about your appreciation of life and what you do. And to Ramon's point, it's a gift. I never take it for granted, just like I don't take Joshua for granted. And that's changed my relationship with my husband is that I just treasure him every day. You don't have to do that. You can get bored and that's life or you can choose not to have conversations like this. And remember that it's a you are so lucky and gifted to be asked to do this. I have another thought about that, but Ramon, what's going through your head right now? Thank you for asking.
2: Yes. I just wanted to say one, I've been married 30 years and what you just said is as exciting as it was a year ago. So I just want to add that. So the producer doesn't have to cut it off. I just left that word out.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah. well, but then Ramon, come on, how do you keep it spicy? Ah,
2: huh? ah, we have our ways, <laughs> but um, also uh, John, to your point about what, you know, about the, um, how do you keep your energy or keep your passion and all that? I must say for me, I don't, and I'm asked that, but I guess because people may not, they're curious, but my point is, I don't have to keep it because I feel it's always lit. And I really mean that. I'm on the train on Jersey Transit. I'm interested in the dude next to me. How are you? Good morning. I'm on a flight. The whole, all the flight attendants know Ramon, not in a syrupy bad way. It's just, I love people. Sitting in a seat, I'm asking the person next to me, hey, my name is Ramon. How are you? What brings you here? Most of the time, a smile. I've gotten business. I have cards in front of me from airlines, meaning people who I've networked with. So I just wanted to add to your point, John, is that for me, how I am, how I live, how I love life, how I love people, being grateful for where I am, walking to church in Newark, in the hood of people on crack, on drugs, marijuana, babies, diapers not changed. I'm so grateful when I walk through the hood, I'm like, you know what, this could be me. So, so I have no choice to be grateful and happy. I can open up my fridge and Dunkin' Donuts creamer or this creamer or Panera creamer or
1: that creamer. We got 75 different creamers. Wait, did, wait, did you wait, Did you steal them from those stores, or you buy them that way? <laughs> <Bottle>. <laughs> no,
0: I don't know that. Oh man, I, I, you, you keep going. Let, let me add, add one thing. So, the, there's this thing that dopamine has, and it, there is this. Uh, before we talked about drugs uh, and and why like uh, rock stars sometimes go to that, but I'm wondering how you guys cope with um, the green room and thereafter because the problem with dopamine as performers as you know is that um afterwards uh you get this feedback sometimes it feels fake if you're in certain uh, arenas sometimes it's genuinely oh my god you've helped me and and you go and have a have a beer afterwards but sometimes there's nothing and then you you just start having imposter syndrome and questioning so i I think the struggle with with keynote speakers is what to do immediately after um Uh, when you don't get
1: that positive affirmation, because sometimes it's just not there. Well, how do you guys cope with the green room? That's interesting, because I was just thinking about this in terms of Broadway, it's not just speakers, it's almost anybody who does something extraordinary. And as an actor, this was what happened to me. And I do think there's, I didn't understand the drugs in your brain, the chemicals in your brain, we'll call them a little healthier, but I was doing Broadway shows. And the first couple of times, it was like extraordinary and amazing. The problem is at 1130 at night, when everyone else is going out for drinks with their friends, if you've done the show enough, you're not going out with friends anymore. You are You did your job, but great applause, and you're going home. I would go home. I became an overeater just for exactly what you're saying. I would come home and there was this insane adrenaline-like drop. And I'd stand in front of the refrigerator hoping that the cream pie or the noodles from last night would... Fill a void. I wasn't married. I wasn't looking forward to things. And I didn't have my head on straight. No one talked about as an actress what you do with the that and that that drop in energy, that drop in chemicals. And I had to overcome that. That was fascinating to me. And the way that I overcome it, I don't drink, I don't do anything um, in terms of artificially stimulating. I don't know, there's no beer at the end of the night. It's a glass of water, it's a cup of hot tea. And it's an understanding that you're on a roller coaster. And if you're always on top of the roller coaster, your, your heart's going to explode at some point, that there are ups and downs. And sometimes it, the only time it was really bad was when I won a massive award, and I was going through a divorce my and nobody was there for me. And I remember this very sad, kind of like horrible moment. I'd won like the pinnacle of my infomercial acting career, great big award, little teeny party afterwards. I walk out into the casino. In a gorgeous dress put my my statue down there and start playing a slot machine going what am i supposed to do now huh Mm. and it was horrible i set that up though i didn't it didn't need to be that bad and so ramon when you come off a big high what do you do
2: yeah i think there's a few things uh and we all go through that i think that's life like what i did this morning and my habits are i do my push-ups i stretch i have my devotion i happen to be a christian i read my bible pray so for me we all go through that. We all need some. I think Forbes alluded to it. Her own journey, you know, beyond the transactional house and money and all that. But while those gone, and then there's the friends and family. I had my family over here this weekend. My in-laws, crazy bunch of people. Uh, but yeah. I had them here this weekend, and I think that fulfills me. So when I come off the stage, yes, uh, that there can be that low. You're in the hotel room alone. I'm sure you all felt that, right? The events over the rah rah rah. You're back in the hotel. As Forbes came with her example, it's just you. But I think I, I have I have so much happiness around. Sometimes I feel like that's a recharge moment. So I sit on my hotel bed with my shoes on, with my jeans on, because my wife don't let me if I'm home, with my shirt on. I can just sit there with a remote and watch some dumb TV until I get back in my plane. And that's a recharge moment. And put the air conditioner, put the heat to 80 degrees Fahrenheit in my hotel room.
1: Oh, you're funny. Oh, that's so funny. the remote, the remote. All right, John. John, you obviously have an answer to this. What happens at the end of the up?
0: there's, there's, there's several things. It, it depends on what kind of gig it is. But um, I would say, cause I also do a lot of workshops and those, uh, even though they're smaller, um, they also have this up. Uh, and, and what I do there is I bring in um, a fellow consultant, communication, leadership coach or whatever. And I, I get them to be my wing person. And then uh, I, I make sure that they don't give me the feedback of how good and or bad or things I need to improve was on the workshop until literally coming back from a keynote speech because that's a proper performance. So it worked a treat the other day. I had a sports marketing thing and I knew I was going to get very little feedback because they were all going on to an award show and there in my hotel room. Wait for it. Oh my gosh. My friend Mike came with 12 bullet points of things he loved about my performance three days prior. And I was like, I, doesn't that sound so contrived and horrible that that imposter syndrome is a real thing that you have to like kind of schedule feedback from people? But at the same time, we are human, and I can get tons of great feedback, as Ramon was saying, from family. I love having Zoom calls wherever I am in the world with, with family, with friends, because I just – Feel their electricity of, of just connecting. I also have the, the, the God thing as well. Uh, sounds a terrible phrase, the God thing. I'm a Christian as well. So that, get that, that, that kind of pumps me up from, from the uh, inside out as well.
1: All right, it's so a real quick question. So now we're all high, we're all doing great things, we've got to understand lows. How do we get to that? How do, let's talk about how you get jobs, how you build this little pittance of the career because I got a lot of people here who would love to be wondering about what they do off the stage but they've never been on the stage. So, and by the way, you said about imposter syndrome. <clears throat> One real quick story. Uh, I would love to know, do you have agents or managers? Do you do this on your own? How did you start? Do you do lists? Whatever your like insider secret of how to get booked once you've got a message that you think is worth sharing. For me, massive imposter syndrome, When I was uh, in my early 20s as an actress, there was definitely the Me Too thing. I got chased around a lot of desks, couldn't find an agent. At one point said, because I'm all about breaking the rules, I opened up a company called Creative Management for Artists CMA. I hired a woman named Lindsay Maxwell who talked a little bit like John, had enough energy like Ramon. Problem was, and she loved Forbes Riley. She pitched Forbes like nobody's business. I got commercials and television shows. And you know what? The crazy thing about Lindsay Maxwell was she was me. So I totally faked it for three years and booked, Ray- I really was I had no choice. I knew what I wanted <laughs> and I couldn't figure out how to get there. So Raymond, Ramon, I don't like, me. talk to me about how did you get started? How do you get bookings? You're a keynote speaker, how do you do that?
2: Yeah, I think a few things and thank you for sharing that story. I think we've all been there and sometimes I suffer hmm. with it. My wife said Ramon, you're not, I can mention one or two authors on my bookshelf, you know who I look up to, mutual friends probably that we all know. But I think a few things, one, are you a good person? Are you just a good, honest person with a great attitude? That's one. Number two, add intense value. So many times I make. Wait, made wait, the
1: wait, wait, ass- wait! I don't want no wait. I don't want the part of that because good people are freaking broke. I want the technique. Let's get the minutia. You're a good person. You got a message. Now wait, how do you get gigs? I'm looking at you. You spoke at keep. Yep. You spoke at stages. Gary Vaynerchuk, come on! How do you do
2: that? How do you? I'm get getting to- there, but Forbes, I do want to underline. And still go back. I still got to go back. You got to be a good person. I mean, a really good person with a good attitude. It's important. But I hear you. So that's one. Number two, uh, connect with others. Massively connect, Forbes. That's me. My Rolodex, I have different Dream 100, you know, the Chet Holmes things. I have a few different categories of people that I always connect with. John did that before we came here today. He reached out to me on LinkedIn. So connecting. Three, adding value. I'm a serial adding value. Number four, show up. Many people, Forbes, in my opinion, they don't show up enough. Forbes is having an event. Did you pay a ticket? Fly there and just sit in the front row so she can see you. John's having a LinkedIn Live. Did you take the time to join the LinkedIn Live? Comment smartly with John. You do that over and over again, Forbes can't help but not see you. John can't help but not see you. I can go on, but I'll stop there to see what John says. But those are a few things I would say, Forbes, that aspect of having good attitude, being out there, making connections, adding value, good things will come.
1: Okay, I got my shovel. <clears throat> I got to dig deeper. I'm not. The, I'm not Let's getting go. enough specific. I have a training called GSD. It's called Get Shit Done. Okay. That's nice and all. I'm a good person. I'm still sitting broke in my house. Okay. Did you? Find a speaker bureau. Did you call corporations? Give me a little nugget here. I got some really talented. They want to get booked.
2: Sure. A, I have a website, RamonRay.com. It showcases me in the best light. Number two, I do an overwhelming amount of content, seeding in people's minds how I want them to see me. You can't help see Ramon all over social media. I also talk in the third person at times. Ramon was walking outside today. So you're talking about Ninja, what I do, I talk in the third person on social media. Look at it right now. You can audit it and see it. That's number three. Number four, I am a connector on social media. So I think my one nugget I'll share, I, overwhelming amount of social content that's good social content, people will start to see you. People will start to see you and say, let me, let me do Who's that? She's there again. That's my trick. And be good at it. You got to be good at it. Because once you hit the stage, you got to be good and bring it. You got to be good.
1: I love it. I love it. Mr. John, over to you.
2: One, sorry, question about the third person. Why the third person, Ramon? Yeah. And it could be a quirky because I'm quirky like that. But, and I'm not some psychologist, fancy person, but I want, when I tweet, here's what I want John to read. So so I tweet this. Ramon gives his best three tips to live a better life. When John or Dr. Riley seeing that, I'm guessing, I want them to see my name as much as they can. I'm guessing... I have a post, just sounds weird. See, I'm confusing myself as I'm telling you what I'm doing, but you, you get it? You're reading my tweet that says Ramon said. It just sounds mm. interesting. John, mm. serious
1: psychological issues not to be discussed right now. It's, it's all right. We can talk about it <laughs> later. It's all fine. <laughs> Don't let Ramon hear this. No, he won't. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is brilliant! My, oh, my, I,
2: my wife has said to me, Ramon, we're home. Stop talking to the third person. I'm not.
0: Really <laughs> <super followers." laughs> oh, I'm gonna do a whole comedy bit on this. This is hysterical. That is uh, the reason I ask is that I feel like that. Vi- my my three things, in addition to I agreeing totally what Ramon said, uh, my three additional th- comments on that was that uh, being able to be the best asker of questions um, is uh, extreme talent because it requires these massive ears listening. And I, I love being able to spark, I call it spark question because it's a question that just has ricochet effects in the brain. But being able to come up with those questions, you have to do a, a little bit like what you do, Dr. Forbes, that you call uh, minutia digging because you, you're listening, but you're also almost a couple of steps ahead of us thinking they're going to say this today so and I think that's a real skill is this ability to be able to spark a question that ricochets the curiosity in the mind of everyone else that talent gets you more gigs in addition to what Ramon was saying and the other thing is violating all expectations that's why I was so delighted by this third person thing because I would maybe think that this actually isn't Ramon there's another hormone that we don't even know about walking around, which is amazing to think about. And then well, finally, Forbes all. Riley,
1: of- and Forbes Riley feels the same way about that, John. She really does. She's just amazing. <laughs> She's kind of in awe of this. And she likes to be called doctor.
0: <laughs> I just got a little I got a little chat message from from Forbes saying we have to talk in third person for the rest of the time. Don't ruin this. <laughs>
1: So wait, John, wait, but no, seriously, Minutia, I've got somebody here. Let's assume I'm starting out. I want to go, how do I get booked in a corporation? How do I get booked to it? Give me some insider tips on, I mean, I just told you that I was my own manager because I couldn't find someone to represent me. So do you do speaker bureaus? Do you reach out directly? What do you, what's your strategy?
0: So uh, speaker bureau, yes. Um, uh speaking coach yes who uh, who puts me forward uh when he thinks i'm ready for certain verticals and also a ton of behind the scenes niche digging so that would be i spent 20 years working in marketing agencies i am very known in the agency world so i dig hard and literally tailor my programs for agency people i tailor them for sports brands for sports sponsored so there's a lot of uh, additional niche g- kind of going uh, what is that it? it's not good with a british accent but the riches are in the niches or so the reaches are in the niches anyway you know what i'm saying the riches are in the n- <laughs> i don't know i'm i'm so brit american i can't i don't know which is right it's either the riches are in the niches or niches something anyway that's what i do <laughs>
1: that's just hysterical. all right ramon something that you do when you're not working
2: Ramon likes to have Mrs. Smith's apple pie in the oven at 400 degrees. When it's taken out, Ramon goes to Wawa or some other place and gets a pint. The small one like this, no joke, of Hagandaj ice cream. After the apple pie is out for just shortly, when it's still bubbling a bit, I put the ice cream on top of it. That. That's one. I like to watch movies, very active in my church, and making my wife happy.
1: Dude, we like Ramon. <laughs> Ramon is a good man. No, that's you know what's great, guys. and for everybody listening, because we're going we're streaming live at the moment on on Facebook, and when everyone hears this, they're going to be laughing, and I'm sure we're going to get tons of comments. Uh, and by the way, I just should remind everybody: not only are we on Voice America live for we're live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern. We're replayed a lot, and we're on every major platform that there is, from Amazon Music to Spotify to Pandora, and everything in between. I love when I just asked Ramon that, how he had this, John, this is what great speakers do. He had an animated answer. I felt like I was, I was feeling the pie coming out of the oven. I'm walking to Wawa's, I'm getting my ice cream. I too love Haagen-Dazs. So many moments there that I would hire him based on that answer, because I know that he can handle a speech. That was really well done. Most people don't do that. Uh, I'm in the business now of training those people. I have over 18,000 students that we've taught to communicate verbally because it's vital. It's absolutely vital. It's right, so Mr. John, over to you. What do you do when you're not working? So when I'm not working, um,
0: I am following my dopamine and that will be uh, getting very, very, very into whatever my kids are into uh, because I work in sport and my boy plays soccer slash football since I live in London. Uh, I coach, uh, I've been coaching football mm-hmm. I help him uh, be better at FIFA, the video game. Um, I have an s- insane obsession with alternate transport. Here's an alternate transport for you. What, what uh, good, respectful adult should not ever be seen doing this? Uh, well, Pedaling a bike. No, 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 no. I I'm mean, sorry, you can't see the, me. You, the one, you one see. line, one, one foot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Uh, it's, it's actually a scooter. scooter. I, I have a I have a uh, an adult scooter and I, I love it. I scoot everywhere and I take my boy on the front with me because he's only 12 and he he still likes me. Uh, so uh, that and obsession with food that no one else could get. so um, I, I, I've provided more corn dogs for people in the United Kingdom than anyone on the planet because uh, they'd never heard of what a corn dog was. So yeah if I can if I can be generous with my food love, and share things that they've never heard of then it 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 sparks the dynamic difference which is my platform so yeah yeah
1: as a health and fitness expert i can't say that a corn dog is food but hey that's all right when i'm not when when dr forbes is not working uh she is playing with her spin gym i don't know if you guys have seen this but the most amazing it's a little hard to see with my green screen on amazing fitness product and i will tell you guys you don't know this but because i was basically shy and this is i have a Bodybuilder husband in the, in the other room at the moment who uses this product as well. I've got people in wheelchairs who use this product. But Ramon, it's a very funny thing because someone asked me what I do, and they ask me everywhere, or if I bump into someone, I will simply say this. Do you want to see something cool? John, what's the answer to that? Always Yes. Always, Always you know, the best question. And that's one of the things that I teach. Get three yeses, you get a credit card. So I'll say someone, you want to see something cool? Give me your thumbs. People put their thumbs up on a Zoom call. I think it's so funny. I can't get to you on a Zoom call, but they get it. But I've done this with women naked in a sauna. By the way, when you're spin gyming in a sauna, boobs are flying, sweats going everywhere. And all they want to know is, how do I get one of those? I'm like, baby girl, give me 40 bucks. I'll give you my spin gym. And that's what I do when I'm not working. I'm working out.
2: I love it. I love wow. It. And it's called a spin gym.
1: It's called a Spin Gym, only available in the U.S. Yes, I'll I'll give you that little plug one more time. You go to Shop Spin Gym, and I will tell you, I can give you 150 reasons why one of the coolest things ever, from sitting on a plane to keeping super, uber fit at any age. Uh, And by the way, Joshua? Oh, he's naked. I guess that's not a good thing. We're in a hotel room. Um, I mean, that would change the ratings a little bit, but... (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> we've talked about boobs
0: flying naked and other things. So this is going, well. there was a sentence there that would have changed the ratings alone. So yes, love it. Yes,
1: I know. I have to be so careful. I'm like hanging on me and George Carlin, are hanging on by one word for him. just one more word. And you're out of here. I don't know the regulations on podcasts. It's not like television. You can say all kinds of things, but I, I do, I do. Um, and then hang out with Joshua, finding the love of your life. And I think you guys know this as well as kids, you know, I love traveling. I just came back with my daughter from Portugal uh, and Josh and I off to Hawaii. I do want to see the entire world. Um, Ramon, you've got a couple things. I've been reading bios. You got fired from where? From the United Nations. They can't do that. We should go fight them. How can they fire you?
2: Well, I had a side hustle job before I went full time An employee. There was uh gnarly, very jealous. And he made a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, difficulty for me and so they had no choice but to fire me Uh, but it was all for the good because if i wasn't fired i would have been in an office meandering around and not talking to dr forbes and john today
1: life happens for you not to you guys cannot say that enough when a door closes run go it's good for you the window closed you thought it was good, just go john what's one of the craziest things i'm going to find in your resume uh
0: so one of the craziest things you'll find is that I was in these mountains of North Carolina four years ago. Uh, I was disallowed from playing this ridiculous sport with this wooden paddle that made this insane racket. I'm like, I'm whatever that is. I'm going to find out what that is. And I've come to the United Kingdom and helped uh, as a strategic advisor to pickleball England. And I'm going to be playing pickleball here. And I, I am the huge evangelist for the sport that literally pissed off so many people in lockdown. Cause it's absolutely raucous on a noise level, but it, the dopamine levels of playing pickleball are insane. Please tell me, I beg you, you've played pickleball. Both of you, you're fit, excellent, beautiful people.
1: I eat them. I don't play mm. with them. Oh you, don't, oh, you don't even know it though, but you
0: know it. I know, I know what
1: pickleball pickle is. It. I'm just kidding. I know. Okay. We really- yeah.
2: <laughs> know what it is, but I've never played it. Don't even know if I've seen it, but I do eat them. Yes.
1: Right. Yeah, okay, there you go. go. I'm a dill, dill sour girl. I'm you good. Bigger, <laughs> better. All right. On that note, we have four minutes left to the close. Ramon, you're up first. Uh, your hope for the world. Thought out yeah. to everybody. I'm going to give you the whole center stage for that moment. Uh, hang on one quick second. Make it nice and formal. I'm going to remove me. I'm going to remove John and the stage. My dear friend is yours.
2: Hey. I'm Ramon Ray, and my hope for the world is that we will learn to listen to each other more. We are definitely not all going to agree, and that's a great thing. You wouldn't want four trillion Ramones walking around the world, but if we can just learn to listen to each other, listen and respect each other, the
0: world will be a better place.
1: Mm, I love that. Mr. John Burke, I'm going to put you up here. Go for it. Your hope for the world.
0: So, my hope for the world is that we can look at opportunities. Uh, and say, wait a second, there's something deeper here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dig deeper, ask them better questions, uh, do my research, find out a real way to connect with someone, help them tell their story, and then energize others through it. And, and through that, you will actually change people and not just excite yourself and be sad in the hotel room. You'll literally take your talents and, and, and help people be better.
1: I think this is a spectacular interview. Uh, John, give me your feedback. What's one thing you learned from Ramon? Um, So, well, a uh,
0: the violating of expectations um, and the the, the ability to take a word like positivity and not let me down. I was like, oh my God, how can you own positivity? I'm like, you can by just being Ramon. I, I literally think you're probably just being yourself. And that is infectious. So I've learned about, like, because I would be, I don't know if I can take positivity. I can take curiosity, but taking positivity is big. No, no, you're part part British,
1: you're you're part British. Positivity is not even in your vocabulary. I I was going to say, I think it's just because I'm so
0: insanely cynical. (laughs) Okay,
1: go. No, something you learned from John.
2: Yes, I love John's take on dopamine. I've heard the word many times, but I love his consistent spin on it. And I can't wait to embrace more of my dopamine.
1: Well, there you go, guys. We're coming to the very end of our show. I want to say thank you to both of my guests and to Abby Moore, who is on the lookout for amazing guests. If you know somebody who would be awesome, wants to share their message. Last week, we found a gentleman who spent 12 years in prison or 15 years in prison out of his 22 life sentence, or it was pretty intense. Uh, We're on the look for unusual guests, you know, people who have got messages and want to change the world. Today, I found two spectacular gentlemen. Uh, I do have 30 seconds. Ramon, 30 seconds. Just out to everybody. Go.
2: Yes. I think that the world will be a better place if we wanted the world to be a better place. And as I always say, make an impact in the life of somebody else every day when you wake up. And thank you, Dr.
0: Forbes, for having me here. Love that. John, 30 seconds. Go. Um, I think when we get beyond ourselves and start realizing that, wait a second, it's not all about me, it is all about what I can bring that is hopeful and positive to others, then we will definitely start saying, this ain't a cynical, old, terrible world. This is a place I want to be and I want to make better
1: we have a room full of change makers and thought leaders guys please look up ramon ray on his website john burkhardt is on his as well you had all that information you can find it with below and all the show notes are available to everybody guys i want to say thank you to you and my whole team in voice america in arizona you guys continue to help me produce a top-notch show we continue to grow in the ratings and just ignite people's ears, their hearts, and their minds. Until next time, my name is Forbes Riley. You're listening to The Forbes Factor. We host and talk about health, wealth, and happiness. And today, I had all three. Don't stop believing. Thank you for making The Forbes Factor an important part of your week. Be sure to join Forbes Riley again next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11
0: a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you again soon.